things out, you know, typically, you know, I need to come up and you know, I, I can feel sort of a spirit prompting to um, know what I'm going to say in exhortation or encouragement. And I just kept feeling like, man, there ain't nothing that I'm supposed to say. We're supposed to hang in this moment and just be okay with sort of some silence. And it's cool how the same Holy Spirit that's talking to me down here, I ain't got ESP, I, you know, I can't communicate with Brian and Tanya, but the same Spirit that's speaking to me to kind of sit, chill, be in this moment, it's the same Holy Spirit that's talking to them that's saying, let's just be in the moment. That God's good, he's in the temple, he's holy. Selah, think about that. And it's uncomfortable. People are like, okay, come on. I realize how much even myself, like if this was happening, if I was out there, I'd probably be fidgeting, you know, maybe grabbing my phone, like, okay. But there's something about turning your attention away from the distraction and saying, okay, God, whatever you want to say, Whatever you want to say. Can, can we just sit in the moment a second? Lord, I pray for those who are grieving right now, Lord. I pray that your mighty hand and your outstretched arm would come and wrap your arms of comfort and love around them right now, Father God. Those who are sick in body, Lord, Jehovah Rapha would be right there with them to heal, to give strength to their weakened immune systems, Lord. Give strength. Lord, we pray for our pastor right now, Father God. I know his body is hurting, Lord, but I know his heart's hurting because he's prayed and he's fasted and he's prepared to be able to be in the house of God with his people who you've called him to, Lord. Lord, we just reach our hands toward him in the spiritual realm and just pray, God, heal his body right now, Lord. And we thank you that anything that somebody or people brought into this, this house this morning, Lord. You're bigger, you're greater than all those things. We pronounce and declare that in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Well, very quickly, I'm going to share with you uh, what I believe the Lord's put on my heart uh, this morning. You've seen uh, several of us uh, around here with jerseys on. Um, I talked with somebody in the main lobby a little bit earlier, and they said, hey, we must have missed something, because I see a bunch of people wearing jerseys, and I don't know why. And I'm like, well, you know, the Super Bowl is today, and so this is just kind of a fun way to, you know, celebrate and have a good time because the world is going to be watching tonight. 
there are going to be millions, hundreds of millions of people that are going to be watching this event that we call the Super Bowl, which is the largest, most televised, most watched event inside the United States of America. Inside the world, there's some other way bigger, way larger things, the Tour de France, the World Cup, you know, some of those things. But for us, for over here in America, in the U.S., the Super Bowl is it. The halftime show will be talked about for the rest of the year. The, uh, uh, the plays that people uh, are going to be making are don't make will be talked about for the rest of the year. The coaching staffs, there's people are going to get jobs. They're going to get millions of dollars in contract extensions or they're going to be cut loose because of all the things that are happening tonight. The world is going to be watching. And I'm dramatizing that because I believe what I want to share with you this morning is that the world may not be watching us, you in particular, but I believe this, somebody's watching you. Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16 says this, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Now, in a biblical context, they would have understood that cities on a hill were unusual. They didn't always happen, but when they did happen, the light from the cities could, you, you could see the light from miles and miles away. Typically, people built cities down on the flat ground near water supplies. It was more cost efficient. It was cheaper. It was just a, a, a smarter way of doing things, but when a city was set on a hill, you could see it. It was countercultural. It was different. And that's what God is calling us to right now in this passage. Hey, be different from the rest of the world. It may cost you something. It may uh, have you climbing up a hill. It may have you doing something completely and totally different. But if you'll do it, people will see your light. And they'll be drawn to it because they'll see me on the inside of you. Verse 15 says this, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a stand and it gives light to all in the house. That seems crazy and ridiculous to any of us. Like we would never light a lamp. We would never, uh, uh, you know, put, put, put a lamp on and then put a bowl over it. It defeats the entire purpose. I'm going to come back to that a little bit later on. And verse 16 says this. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. I want to submit to you today that the uh, verses that I've plucked up from the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 6, and Matthew chapter 7, are all about how we as Christ followers live in this world. Pastor Kelly started off earlier like, okay, what, what, what do we do? How, how, do we, how, how do we live for Jesus inside this, this world where we do justice? We, we walk humbly before our Lord. We, we, you know, we seek mercy. Well, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7 is all about how you live inside this world and hold up Christ's standard in the midst of the world. There's a religious standard, and then there's a Christ standard. I'll say that again. I'm going to hang there a second. There's a religious standard, and there, there's a Christ standard. 
And, and Jesus spent most of the Gospels calling out the religious leaders for just being religious. And he's calling them forth and saying, hey, everybody's watching. Everybody's watching. I need you to be more than just religious. I need you to be a Christ follower. I need you to do kingdom work. Amen? Because kingdom work is brighter. Kingdom work is deeper. Kingdom work is sweeter. Kingdom work is higher than all of that religious stuff and activity that you're a part of. The world is watching. Maybe not the world, but somebody's watching you. A lot of pressure in the moment for, for, for Super Bowl uh, fans and people and players and coaches. And, and a lot of people can't stand the pressure. And religious people will always slink out. But the Christ follower says, I've been training for this. This is my moment. I'm re I was ready for you when you said I don't believe this. I was ready for you to come in smelling like weed. I was ready for you to come in with alcohol still in your breath. I was ready for that. I've been praying for you. It didn't surprise me when I came here and I'm, I got put in the game by God. I'm, I'm ready for the moment. Amen? He's brighter. It's brighter than the religious moment because in verse 13 and 14, he pronounces some things over you. He says, you are the light of the world. You are salt. Not like you got to get there. And if, if you read enough Bible verses and if you hang in enough church services and if you lift your hands uh, for long enough, you can be salt. No, you are salt even if you're only a little bit salty. And you are light even if your light is barely on. You are that. Amen? And so in a religious mindset, it's like, hey, I'm here. I showed up. God, aren't you pleased? I'm shining a little bit of light. I'm, I'm a little bit salty. And I know there's some different connotations of what that might mean in our culture, but let's keep it to biblical culture. Salt would have been used as a, uh, uh, something that would enhance flavor or, or preservative. And so when something was falling apart, when it was going to decay or rot, salt can come in and bind those things back together. What does that mean for us, Philip? That when we see somebody and they're breaking up, they're decaying, they're rotten, they're falling apart, we're not afraid to step inside their situation and be salty for them. Because a religious person would say, I don't like that. They stink. They smell like sin. They need your salt. <laughs> They're not afraid to look at a community or a neighborhood and say, that neighborhood, that city, that, that group of people are falling apart. I've been training for this. It's time to be salty. It's time to go in. Everybody's watching. I'm falling apart. I want to see if these people of God really believe what they say they believe. Will they step into my broken, my torn down, my messed up situation and be binding and be salty for me? See, we think it's silly in verse 15 that we say, oh, you know, you put a lamp and, 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 and then you put a bowl over it. We would think, you 
crazy, why would you do that? But when you just come inside the house of God and you're just pleased with just hanging out with other lights and you're, you're real, real proud of your light, it's like we're real, real bright up here, you're, you're in a bowl. Light only shines brightest when there's darkness around. And I'm not telling you that you need to go ramrod into every other neighborhood. You need to join hands with some other lights and be bright inside the darkest places because you've been training for this. The world's watching. If not the world, somebody's watching. I wonder if they really believe that. I wonder if they step in that messy situation. I wonder if they get around that messy person. People that are in darkness need light. People who are falling apart need salt. Amen? It's brighter. Secondly, it's deeper. Those Pharisees that, that Jesus is talking to, they are like professional Christians. Verse 20 of, of chapter 5 says this. He says, For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Man, did, did, that, you, you, have you heard those guys pray? The, the first five books of the Old Testament, they would have memorized. They would know them word for word, be able to spout it off. They tithe even on the plants of their garden. Like these people are the real deal, holy feel. Like they're the, they're the truth. I can't be like that. My righteousness would never, you know, surpass that. They were super, super wide, but not very deep. And, 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 and so Jesus comes in and all throughout the, the, the rest of these chapters says, you, now you've heard it said that you shouldn't murder, but what I'm telling you is that even if you got some malice or some ill will inside your heart against another person, you've already murdered them. That's deeper say, or you've heard it said that you should not commit adultery. Well, but what, what, what I'm telling you is that it's deeper than that. Don't even look at her with lustful thoughts because you've already committed the sin. Uh, 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 well, I would never make an oath and, and not, you know, not come through with that. I'm telling you, let your yes be yes and your no be no because you should be walking in such integrity that your yes is yes and your no is no. He's calling them to something deeper. The world is watching you. If not the world, somebody. Do you really believe this stuff that we sing about, that we pray about, that we talk about? Because the game is on, baby. Suited up, wearing jerseys, and that is your, it's your turn. W will you come deeper? Because what religiosity says is that as long as I got all the externals right, then I'm good. But what the kingdom says is there's still some things that people don't even know about. That you've come in here, and you're the one holding the microphone, Philip, and, 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 and if people knew your thoughts... If they knew the stuff that I had to pull, yank, and surgically remove out of your heart. Because on the outside, everybody's like, man, whoo, hallelujah. <laughs> and your heart is nasty, ugly, stanky. <laughs> because God's calling you to something deeper. 
God's calling us to something sweeter. God's calling us to something that, 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 that we can rest in. Like, I don't have to earn his, uh, uh, his favor. It would be silly for Judah, Eliza, or Georgia to say, can, can, can we be your children today? Have we done enough? No. For the simple fact that they're in my house, that they are my children, they don't have to earn, they don't have to work for value. They are, my, they are mine. And religious people, they, they walk in this thing of like, well, uh, you, you know, I got to pray. I got I to seek the Lord. I got to fast because I want to leverage my goodness so that just in case God thinks that he ain't going to answer my prayers, I can go back to, but God, I've done all this stuff. And, 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 and what he's calling is something sweeter that I can fall in your arms, God, because I don't have to do it myself because I know that I can't do it myself. I, I, I can't. It's not possible. I, 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 can't, I, I can't do the law. Th this whole thing is, a, you know, is about unless your righteousness is of, of this far, you, know, you can't have you know, this thing. You know, he says in the first part of chapter 5, blessed are the poor in spirit. Jesus became poor in spirit so that us who ain't poor in spirit could have poorness in spirit because we could have the kingdom of heaven. That man who didn't have to mourn came and mourned so that we could be comforted. It's safe to rest in his arms. Nick, come up here really quickly. When I was practicing through, you just happened to be the person that I saw as I was preaching, so you get to be chosen. See, Pastor, I can call people up too. Stay, stay, stay down here. Stay down here, sir. And so a lot of people would think, you know, um, God, I don't know if I can do this. And you think that with your own righteousness and your own salvation and your own good works that you can come up to the law. I will just tell you that as, as, as hard as these shoulders look, they feel that way. <laughs> when you run up against the law, stay here, man. Part of the, part of the, no, 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 don't let me, don't let me. I need, to, I need to fall into you. You know what I'm saying? When we come up against the law, we stop. We know our need for a Savior. Like, I feel very safe here. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> this is what it should look like inside our relationship with God. I can't, I can't. I can't defeat your law, God. I need you. So this is the safest place that we can be. And we don't even have to address Satan. He addresses him for us. Good job, Nick. <laughs> Lastly, God's calling us to something that's brighter. God's calling us to something that is deeper. God's calling us to something that's sweeter. But God's calling us to something that's higher. told my students uh, this past week, uh, you know, I mentioned to them, I said, you know, when I was growing up, you know, if this was sin, then I measured my holiness for how far I was away from sin. See, I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't cuss. <laughs> but my eyes are focused on sin. That's a religious 
you know, attitude. That's a religious way uh, of going about things. And the world is watching. Where is his attention at? Well, all he does is brag about how much he doesn't cuss, smoke, drink, or fuss, or, or hang with people who do. That's what must be what the kingdom's all about. And Jesus comes with a brand new thing. He says, turn your back to sin. Turn your eyes to me. I don't care how far you are away from sin. I care about how much your heart is wrapped up in me. Everybody's watching. And they're watching how we deal with two things. They're watching how we deal with God, and they're watching how we deal with people. Do you like, really love God? Like, for real, for real love God? Like, 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 you're not just measuring it by your own righteousness, but, I mean, you are full in his wonderful face. Like, you trust God. Like, this is the real deal. I heard a great story just this past week from our chapel speaker at Summit Christian. He's the pastor over at um, High Point Community Church, and he, he had a great story about it. He had witnessed to this guy who was involved in gang activity. And um, the guy said, hey, I want to come out. You know, I, I, I want to live for Jesus. And, um, but he said, look, you know, if, if I leave, like, it, it's blood in, blood out. Like, they're going to kill me. And so he, 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 he's counseling with the guy and he says, look, better to live as Christ and to die as gain. You know, that it's, 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 it's fine. You need to be encouraged. You, you know, uh, don't, don't just face the music. It, it, it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. But I want to encourage you. And then he looked back at him and he said, yeah, but they're going to be coming after you too, Pastor. Because the person who took me out the gang, they'll know it's you. And, 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 and so funny. Joey was like, well, then, well that's different then. I don't know if we should, I don't know if we need to stand up to him, you know. Just, I mean, we could always move and go somewhere else. He didn't say all that, but it, it, he he talked about how hey, now it's up in my living room, like it's good news for you. Like, oh man, you'll be fine. You'll make it to heaven. Oh, but what about what? What if they're coming to kill you, Pastor? What if they're coming to kill you, man or woman of God? Is, is, is it just good advice for other people, or do you really, really believe this stuff? They're watching how we deal with God, and they're watching how we deal with each other. Let me tell you something. The church didn't hurt you. People did. That's a, that's a really important verbiage thing. You know, I got, you know, the church did not hurt you. A couple of people did. And what Jesus challenges us is that you would give up your right to be offended. But what about justice? I want them dealt with. I tell you, I'm more proud of the reconciliation that I've been a part of than I am of the people that I've canceled. I could tell you stories, and you would, you would join in like, yeah, they should be gotten. They, you, you, yeah, you, you got a right to not like them. You got a right. Blast them on Facebook. No, you know, the, you know what turning the cheek actually means? You know, not just like, come on, hit me again. No, the first time you offered it to them, 
they punched you. But maybe the second time, maybe the love of God would so richly pour out inside their life that they would kiss you the second time. But, but you'd never get that if, if you responded with, with, with the, with the one-two. You understand what the one-two is? You know, We give up our right. We give up our right. Because religious people see planks in everybody else's eye and specks in their own. But kingdom folks, kingdom folks see specks in other people's eyes and planks in their own. Like, I, I, I get that you got problems. And the reason why I got to love you and forgive you is because Christ forgave me. And let me tell you something. I was in a bad way. I was in a bad place. And I was caught up in sin just like you're caught up in sin. And let me tell you something. If you're struggling with this or with that or you're going through something and you're embarrassed about it, I'm telling you I'm a safe place because I'm light. I'm a safe place because I'm salt because I've been there. And I'm telling you I'm still removing planks from my own eyes. I can fit some speck in yours. Cheryl, you missed a good opportunity for some organ kick right there. Man, right there. I just want to challenge you today. And I want to end by just a, just a, just a moment of worship, man. With such, worship was so powerful uh, this morning. And, and I believe that um, there's, there's something about the, the opportunity to turn our eyes back on Jesus, not Brian or Tanya. Not anybody else who was holding a microphone, but them leading us and saying, hey, follow me as I follow Christ. Hey, you know, I, 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 I sound pr pretty good, but let me tell you something. The most heavenly sound that you can ever hear is Jesus calling your name, saying that you're not too filthy, you're not too dirty. The good news of the gospel is that while you were still wrapped up, in your nasty, low-down, dirty, rotten sin, Christ came and died on your behalf. And let me tell you something. The world is watching. Maybe not the world, but somebody. To how you're going to react. Can we have just a moment of worship? You can play anything, sing anything. I don't, I don't mind. Would you stand? Right after this time of worship, Pastor Kelly's going to come up. She's going to introduce some, uh, some awesome people that I just got to shake the hand of a little bit earlier on inside service. And they're going to get a cool opportunity to tell you some of the awesome things that they're doing inside the kingdom of God to carry this stuff out. But I just want, I don't want to miss the moment for God just to have an opportunity to speak to you. And, 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 and would you be willing, would you follow me as we, we, we follow Christ this morning to say, God, whatever you want, if I've been religious, help me to be kingdom. If I've just shown it in the external, Lord, transform my heart. God, let that be the cry of our heart as we surrender to you today in Jesus' name. Amen.